Hey my loves, welcome back to the Love, Sex and Magic podcast. My name is Mel Wells. I am so excited to bring you this awesome episode with one of my dear friends, Catherine Zenkina, also known as the Manifestation Babe. She is one of the top experts on all things manifestation. And in this episode, we talked all about our journeys together, taking ayahuasca, how plant medicine has influenced her manifestation journeys. Uh, We talked all about manifestation in business. We talked about quantum physics. We talked about parallel universes and timeline collapsing. We went deep and I just love this conversation. So many of you have requested that Catherine was a guest on this show and I'm so excited to bring you her wisdom. So let's dive in. Catherine, babe, baby girl, welcome to the show. So glad to have you here. Oh my God. I am so excited to be here, especially talking with you. Like, oh, just such great energy. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. And we were just catching up before I hit record and I was like, we were talking about psychedelics and our journeys with ayahuasca and environment changing our environment. And I was like, we need to record this. Like, this is, so, this is so good. And we've just got so much to to talk about. So we're just going to hit record and, and continue our conversation. I feel like. I find that the pre-show and the post-show is where the magic happens. And it's like, why is there not like a record button for our life and our thoughts and our brains so that we can always be like, oh, there's great content recorded, you know, some minutes ago. Let's just use that. But anyway, here we are. Let's just carry on that conversation. (laughs) Babe, I think someday soon there will be just a record button for our lives. (laughs) I think that is probably happening on some level somewhere. (laughs) Okay. So we first like got introduced to, I think we first met over Instagram, didn't we? And we connected and I just thought like this woman, this woman is such a babe. She's such a queen of manifestation. And I just loved how, how you, you are, like how real you show up, uh, how authentic you are, but also like how deep you go with manifestation. I think there's a lot of people teaching it that go, that don't go anywhere near as deep as you go. And I just really feel like, this is a woman that's really in her, in her calling, you know? Mm. So thank you for your work. Thank you so much. I actually manifested meeting you. Uh, There's a fun story behind that because um, I want to say it was like 2018 because we met end of 2019. Actually it was in 2017 when I first, when you first entered my orbit It was through a team member that I had on my team at the time. And she was talking about how badly she wanted to go on your retreat and how awesome you were. And she's like sharing your book with me. And I was like, man, this Mel Wells girl is so cool. And I remember following you on Instagram. And then, you know, like people meet when the when the time is right. Like people meet when the energy, when you guys are vibrating and oscillating at the same frequency. And I think we met right around the time when you and I were both thinking about doing plant medicine. Cause I remember us talking about it in Bali and how you and I were talking about how we had no interest in doing it because we made a decision to do it some work was done. And then we both lost interest at the same time. And then a year later, Mel, a year later, I think you, me and Amanda Bucci were in a, um, like a three-way DM chat and, uh, we were talking about ayahuasca and I was like, wait a second, 
I'm going to Rhythmia. And you're like, I'm going to Rhythmia. And we're like, what are the dates? And you're like, these dates. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? We're going the same time without even talking about it and telling each other that we're not interested in doing it. And it's like the universe has brought us together. Well, Mother Aya brought us together. (laughs) So true. You know, that is wild. I completely forgot that when we first met up in Bali, that we were having that conversation of like being called to do it and then deciding not to do it. And these are the reasons why. And I remember for me, it was like, I felt like I wanted to do it for a very specific reason, but then I had that shift on my own. I think it was because if I remember correctly, like I was feeling like this calling at the time to like surrender more into my feminine. And Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like I needed ayahuasca to do that. And then I realized that I had the power to do that myself. And so I went on that journey myself. And then I was like, so I guess I don't need to go and do it right now. And, and that, I think that was where I was at with it. Speaking of, you know, diving into the feminine, like you've been such a role model for me with that. Like I've been so inspired by you when you, cause I, I watched that shift happen for you in Bali and then just seeing where you were at, you know, through our ceremonies, even just like the way that you approach the whole medicine from this feminine perspective. Whereas, you know, like I remember being like so nervous and just like tensing up and like being like, okay, like looking at it from the scientific approach approach of like, okay, when is it going to hit? Okay. It's been 20 minutes. All right. Uh, am I feeling it or not? Am I having a nod or not? Like I was just like so cerebral about it. And I just remember (laughs) you walking to your mattress and you looked blissed out. Like you just looked (laughs) like you were in full surrender mode, just like ready for whatever, you know, mother Aya has in store for you. And I really learned a lot from you that day in terms of just like approaching things in my life where I used to have so much stress and so much anxiety. And I used to be so, um, phased by this illusion that we are in control of everything Mm -hmm. outside of ourselves, right? We do have a lot of control in our life, but that control is for ourselves. It's for our own thoughts. It's for our own actions, our own feelings. We're in control of all of that. But like when it comes to whatever life has in store for you, you really need to tap into surrender, especially if you want to be happy. Like Mm -hmm. I find, that the more you are stuck in that control um, energy, the the more you're the more you suffer because nothing really turns out in the way that you think it's going to. It always turns out so much better. The only problem is that a lot of people they suffer through the whole process. And then they realize that there's nothing to worry about in the first place and how the universe has this beautiful divine way of bringing to you whatever it is that you want to attract into your life. And there's a whole another approach to life where if you just surrender and just let things, like that's kind of where I'm at in my life currently. I just let things fall away. If things need to fall Mm -hmm. away, instead of panicking about it, I'm just like, okay, it's meant to go because something better is meant to come in. And if something is approaching me, like for instance, since an obstacle or a challenge or anything like that, I'm like, you know what? There's a beautiful divine lesson that comes from this. I'm just going to go into Mel's position and just (laughs) let it happen, relax and surrender. And it's been so impactful for me. So thank you for being one of my teachers. Oh, babe, you are so sweet. Thank you. That is so beautiful. And I received that. So thank you. I feel like it's, it's, it's wild that we were there together on the same week. Like they run retreats there every single week. 
we happen to find ourselves there on the exact same week. So I really believe, you know, we were meant to share that experience together in in so many ways. And and I obviously, I got to meet all of your friends there as well, because you were in a group of um, four, four of you were there. And I got to know some of your besties, which was really special. And uh, Rick was there. So you got to know Rick a little bit better. And yeah, I just feel like there was, there was something that was drawing us all together to have that that experience together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember being so glad that Rick was there because I think Rick and I had a very similar journey the first night Mm -hmm. and him having had experience doing it and like me being a first timer and just like him being like, oh yeah, this stuff happens all the time. Like it's completely normal. It just like put me so at ease. Mm. Oh, well, he'll be editing this. So he will hear that. Oh, great. So I want to talk all about surrender when it comes to manifestation and not feeling, because I think with manifestation, a lot of people, you know, the first teachings that we receive around manifestation are often like, you are responsible for everything in your life. You are in control of everything. You are the one manifesting everything, good, bad, ugly. It's you. It's all coming from you. Um, And so I hear that train of thought. And then I hear another train of thought, which is actually, you're not responsible for every single thing, you know, actually, we can surrender and receive without needing to, without needing to push without needing to feel like it's our responsibility. And, um, you know, things may happen in our life that are not us manifesting it consciously or unconsciously. I'd love to hear your take on on all of this. Where do you stand on that? Yeah. I love it when people ask me questions around different schools of thought, because what I've learned in my own journey of being, first of all, first and foremost, a student of manifestation, and I'm still a student of manifestation. I'm still a student of life. Like I, I will always be a student first and foremost. And so I learn a lot from my own lessons in life. And I also learn a lot from teaching my students and kind of watching them and like diving into what's going on in their life and why, how and why they create what they create and how to help them tweak that and shift that and be like, when they, when they come to me and and they're like, Catherine, I wanted this, but I created this. What does that mean? And so I really love studying like pattern recognition um, and studying the different patterns of what what creates what and how we can tweak those patterns to create a different result. And what I've really learned, Mel, in the last few years especially, is that manifestation is a paradox. It's all the schools of thought happening at once. And I really think that that comes from this theory, this quantum theory, this concept that there are multiple dimensions, multiple realities, infinite realities, infinite timelines all happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can be able to hold a paradox and the more that we can be able to hold multiple perspectives at one time, the better we are going to be at manifesting. Because when we go into this realm of it's just like black and white thinking, then we're really going to struggle through the whole process because there's so much more that's happening that we do not see with our eyes. Like there's, Mm. that's why it's called metaphysical is because it's beyond the physical realm. Right. And so sometimes there's a very, you'll be following a very specific process and that process is going to work. And then sometimes you do the process and it's like life has something so much bigger in store for you. That's Mm. for your highest good and for the highest good of all involved that through your process, 
it's just not going to happen because it's not what is Mm. divinely meant for you. Right. And then people always ask me, well, like if manifestation is about creating what you want, then where's the balance between getting exactly what you want in the way that you want it versus believing that the universe knows what you want and has something better in store for you. So first and foremost, you have to understand that you have to like approach it from that perspective of a paradox that it's going to going to be all of the above. Right. Um, I don't even remember your original question. I hope I'm answering your question, but that's exactly where I wanted to go in and just talk about the paradox because one of the ways that the paradox shows up is people often ask me, Catherine, you know how you say that you need to focus on what you want and just like see it and visualize it. But then you also talk about letting go and that letting go is the surrender process, understanding that you will never be able to fully understand how it's going to come into your life. Um, I often give the example, for instance, Mel, like how you met Rick. Mm-hmm. Could you ever have predicted the exact series of events that would have led you to meeting your soulmate, for instance? Absolutely not. <laughs> so, you know, most people go, absolutely not, like could never predict it, right? Mm-hmm. So why do we project the exact same kind of thinking onto our future? Why do we have amnesia when it comes to that? Why do we have amnesia to the fact that life is only unfolding one step at a time? And if we already knew how it's going to happen, we would already be there. Mm-hmm. And most people, when you ask them, like, how did you get to a million dollars a year in your business? Or how did you meet the soulmate? How did you do this? People can only give you a concrete how when they already got there. But in this process, the the in-between, right, it's all about just taking it one step at a time, which is why I created my three-step manifestation process just based on like trying to bridge all of these different schools of thoughts and all these different processes into one. I discovered that there's really like three steps and I have been able to create everything in my life from these three steps, which step number one is what do you want to manifest? Like, what do you want to create? And of course, a lot of people go into, well, I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want that. And they start focusing on the contrast. And I think that there is huge value in the contrast and huge value in the polarity because it offers us insight into what it is that we do want. If we recognize that it's what we don't want flipped into the opposite, right? So sometimes there's a pre-step to this, but once you get clear on what you want, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's financial, if it's in terms of love, if it's in terms of health, like figure it out, create um, a list. And then step number two is probably the most important step. And this is where it's actually step three, where surrender comes in. But step two is building a blueprint for who must I become in order to attract these things. And there's so many things that you can dive into. There's so many layers to this, but the belief simply comes from the fact that there is a version of you somewhere on a timeline already who has this reality. And if you just consciously, like all it is, is just taking your consciousness and projecting it into the, into that timeline. And most people go, well, I don't know exactly what she's like. I don't know exactly what she's doing. I don't know exactly what she looks like. I don't know how she dresses. I don't know how she thinks, Catherine. I like to calm people down and remind them that we're already making up life as we go. Mm-hmm. So 
you're already making up the current version of yourself. So you can just for a second, make, make it up, just make it up. What do you think Mm. she, what do you think she thinks? And that's like the basis of it, right? The basis of consciousness comes from your thoughts. And then what are her beliefs? What, um, who does she hang out with? Who does she learn from? What kind of courses does she invest in, right? Who does she surround herself with? There's so many different levels to how you can break this down, but what you're doing is essentially you're creating the blueprint for your timeline hop, Mm. right? And once you get clear on that, step number three is to surrender the how, surrender the process, surrender, like let it go but then focus on just your next step. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to think that life is unfolding one step at a time. So when people say, you know, you got to reverse engineer all your action steps, right? Like some manifestation teachers say like, you need to reverse engineer. You need to know exactly what you're doing. Uh, you know, take, take your year long goal and break it down into 12 months and then break that down into four weeks and break that down. And that shit just drains me. Even thinking about that, like thinking about creating a to-do list. <laughs> based off of what I want to manifest. No, I'm here for the magic. I'm here for the magical unfolding, right? So it's Mm. always the next step. And then using your intuition to guide you, using your intuition to guide you to what is exciting you in the moment. What is thrilling you in the moment? What is piquing your interest? Like following your curiosity. Like some days I'll be like, man, I don't know why, but I just really want to text Mel and check check in on her, you know? And then you check in on Mel and then she says, oh, I'm, I'm going to Costa Rica next month. Do you want to come, right? Just a small example. And you're like, yeah, like I want to go to Costa Rica. And then you go to Costa Rica and then something that you wanted to manifest ends up there. Like for instance, your soulmate. How do you know that your soulmate is not waiting for you in Costa Rica that you would have never found if you didn't take that first intuitive hit, that first step of texting Mel, for instance, right? So it's about defining what you want, becoming the version of yourself who already has it and actually acting like them already in this, Mm -hmm. in this timeline is how you collapse the two timelines together. And then just Mm -hmm. taking life one step at a time is Mm. essentially the manifestation process. Oh, love this. Already completely obsessed with this conversation. So many, so many parts of that that I want to like dive into even further. What I, what I really felt from you when you started describing what manifestation was and how people can do it is what I, what I keep feeling is it's not something you do. It's about how you are being. It's about like the energy in which you're showing up for it. So you can't give someone a step-by-step um, manifestation here's like a how-to if they're not willing and they're not willing to actually just step into the vibration of who they want to be it's such, yeah. a, such a huge part of it and obviously it requires such tremendous it, I think it requires like a specific kind of relationship with the universe doesn't it it requires it like this kind of this real faith and trust and you you can't manifest what you want um, what I'm hearing you say is you can't manifest all these things that you want if you don't believe in the magic of life and the miracles and you don't believe that, you know, there may be answers and things and a path for you that you can't even see yet, but that mm-hmm. is for your highest expression. 
Yeah. A lot of people think that manifestation is like this ritual. A lot of people get very ritualistic with it. And I think rituals are so much fun. I have my rituals. I have my candle rituals. I got my visualization stuff that I do. I got my subliminal audios that I listen to. I love hypnosis. I mean, plant medicine is another way of you really letting go of things that are preventing you from manifesting what you want. Like before the show, we were talking about doing, um, I was talking about how I did combo, which is a frog medicine a couple weeks ago. And that really helped me let go of this really deep layer of giving a shit what people think of me, like to Mm. a deeper layer than I've ever experienced before and how that really helped me let go of so much to create more space because it's really, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. So when you create space for what you want by letting go of the thoughts and the beliefs that don't serve you, right? The skepticism doesn't serve you, right? Like not believing it's going to work isn't serving you. A fear of people's opinions and what is your mom and dad going to think and your friends Mm -hmm. are going to think and your people on the internet going to think of you having what you want want and all of that crap. It just doesn't serve you. You need to really let it go and create space for what you want. Um, and that all comes down to the energetic inner work that you do, um, beyond that goes beyond the rituals, you know, the ritual help, but everybody has a different ritual. And I think that the biggest mistake that a lot of manifestation teachers make, as well as people who subscribe to the teachings of manifestation is that they think it's just that ritual that's going to get them to whatever it is that they want, but they don't understand that everything is happening. You know, everything, if you look at anything under a microscope, that's strong enough, we're just a bunch of vibrating atoms. We are energy first and foremost. We are made up of frequencies and everything that you want in life, that that version of yourself out there who's already living what you want is vibrating at a certain frequency. And all you got to do is match that frequency. There's many Mm. ways of doing that, but it's not in the ritual. It's in the being. It's in the acting as if. It's in the believing as if and not letting any shadows of doubt come into Mm. your your mind and not letting anybody really sway you from believing that everything that you want is already possible for you. And the rituals are just fun games that you can play to help you like lock it in. And, but it's not it, right? That's not really what the, the overarching manifestation process is. Yeah, completely. And I feel like the more, like the further that I go on this path and the more I kind of, you know, integrate different parts of myself and become more and more healed and I'm stepping up to be in more and more service in this world. I really feel as though like when you are in alignment with who you are and with your purpose, I feel like you become a magnet for manifestation. I feel like you become manifestation uh, rather than like needing to co- to do all these little things to make something happen. Uh, yeah. You just become this magnet for for your future, the future version of yourself, and you're collapsing those those timelines without really needing to um, do loads of little little steps and rituals, like you said. Yeah. You know. Something else I learned from human design actually was that there's different types of manifestors. There's the specific manifestor and there's the non-specific manifestor. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a non-specific manifestor, which explains why all I need to do is tap into the feeling of what I want. And it's like, I don't even have to think of that thing. I don't have to like visualize it. Like I used to get really stressed out by this process. And by the way, guys, for anyone listening, if you're getting stressed out, 
through, um, um, in the manifestation process, it means that you are doing something wrong because it's not yeah. supposed to stress you out. It's supposed to be this game that you play. Cause I believe that life is a game that you play. And so I remember visualization used to stress me out and I couldn't figure out why until I finally learned that first of all, the things that I'm visualizing, even when I have them, it's not about the thing. It's about the feeling behind it. It's about how I'm going to feel or how I believe I'm going to feel when I have it. Right. Mm -hmm. And this goes to, this goes to, um, for many different things, like also the things that you're avoiding in life. Like a lot of people avoid putting themselves out there because they're so attached to the feeling of failure rather than the feeling of success. Like what if it goes wrong and they're like, Oh my God, I don't want to be humiliated. And then they focus on that. And then that's what they're avoiding. Right. So there's a feeling behind everything. And for non-specific manifestors, it's very important for you to just understand that as long as you are tapping into that feeling and feeling it now, the universe is intelligent. And I think that oftentimes people forget that it's not the, the universe isn't reading your journal. It's not, mm. it's not like listening to your words. It is paying attention to your frequency and vibration. Right. And through that, the fastest way to amplify or to change your frequency or vibration is through your feeling. So if you can feel what it would feel like to have a million dollars in the bank account, or if you can feel what it would feel like when you're living in a dream apartment or in love with your soulmate, that's what's going to attract that thing into your life. It's not the actual again, as we mentioned, ritual or how you write it or how you say it, it's the feeling. And then there are those people who are specific manifestors and the specific manifestors, they're the ones who need to map it all out. And that's okay. Because for some of us, that excites us. And for some of us, it stresses us out. And if you're getting stressed out by the process, that means that you're not that type. So don't follow that. Mm, yeah. Right? have fun just visualizing, then let that be your thing. If you have fun talking about your dreams, let that be your thing. If you have fun just feeling good and doing the things that make you feel good in the moment, let that be your thing. And you're going to get to where you want so much faster if you just follow that method. I love that perspective. I'd love to talk a little bit more about human design actually, because I've done yeah. the human design test and like, I know that I'm a manifesting generator. Are you talking about something like a whole nother level of human design right now? There, okay. Specific? So I am only an expert on my own design, which is a uh -huh. generator. Um, actually a lot of the people I surround myself with are either manifesting generators or generators. I have a few projector friends and I have no manifester friends, which is interesting. I don't know a single type, like personally in my life, that's a manifester nor a reflector, which is very, I think is very interesting because it's kind of like we flock together. Um, but what I'm specifically talking about, and I think that Jenna Zoe, I don't know if you're familiar with her, her, mm -hmm. her Instagram is at Jenna Zoe. She's the first person I, I saw talking about this. And then now it's become a little more mainstream in the human design world where looking at your chart, there's like arrows I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever seen, like there's two arrows on top and two arrows, like the two arrows on the left, two arrows on the right. And then there's like top mm -hmm. and bottom. So it kind of creates a square. And I think it's like the bottom 
left or bottom right arrow. Um, you have to go to Jenna to ask for a fact because I don't remember exactly what it is, but based on how it's facing means that you're either someone who is more linear or someone who is more flowy. And in terms of your manifesting style, you could be more of a linear manifester or you could be more of a flow manifester. And so that's where she gets the term like specific and non-specific based on just like the energy. And I think it, I think it also comes down to, as I'm thinking about it, like masculine approach versus feminine approach. There's no right or wrong, right? It's just whatever works for you. Totally. I think when I feel like when I'm manifesting and when I'm taking like big quantum leaps, I feel like I put a lot of energy or I put a lot of attention and focus into like creating the vision. But then like, I know that if I have that vision, I will get there. Like I will move towards it. I will take the action steps necessary every day. And I don't know what they're going to be. I have no idea what they're going to be. I just know that if I have that vision, it's going to, the, the timeline is going to collapse. Um, and for me, it's always about like feeling into this future version of myself. I think I, I think I feel into future me a lot more than I feel into like what it would feel like to have X thing. I feel like I I find it easier to like relate to, okay, who who do I want to be in five years? Like, or who do I want to be next year? Like, what is this version of me? And, you know, that was one of the reasons that we decided to move to to Costa Rica from, from being in London for like two years, um, is that we both started to feel into like, who is it that we want to be? Like, this is not, us like this is not our future like who do we want to be and I'm so grateful to be with a partner that shares the same vision as I do and we both have the same values and so it was just a complete no-brainer but us doing this move is us manifesting the future versions of ourselves that we want to become that we feel ourselves stepping into Yes. And all of the things that matches that vibration are going to pop up in your life because you follow, you're following your intuition, you're following your calling, you're following the feeling and you're choosing to feel it now. And so you'll find that like when you guys get there, it's like things just open up. It's like the the money that you desire just plops into your lap and like the opportunities that you desire and like all of it just starts to work because you follow your intuition. And I used to be someone who was so like, honestly trained this way, because I don't think that I was like this as a child, but growing up my, I come from an immigrant family and the conditioning was always, Catherine's going to go to medical school. She's going to go to medical school. She's going to become a doctor. And so I convinced myself based off of this conditioning. Cause you know, like as you're growing up, your parents are like God. Mm-hmm. I mean, they feed you, they take care of you. You listen to everything your parents tell you because they are directly connected to your survival. And so so I basically trained myself to be very left brain, logical, like I'm into the sciences. There's only science. There's nothing beyond science. And I don't remember being like this as a child, because even as a child, I remember uh, being more in my flow and my feminine and more spiritual. And then at some point I scared myself with it. I used to mm-hmm. have prophetic dreams. 
I used to like be able to see things in my mind's eye and then literally watch them play out in front of me. And I remember thinking that there was something wrong with me. And so I shut it off. And like through my journey of plant medicine, especially in the last year, I keep being told that I'm incredibly psychic and to trust it. And now I'm able to see things similarly to how I was um, when I was a child. No prophetic dreams yet, but I'm definitely like seeing things in my mind's eye and then they play out in front of me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is actually But at some point in between, I shut this off now. And so I was conditioned to go to medical school, to be left brain, to be logical, to do all these things. And then at some point I realized that that's making me unhappy. And, you know, long story short, I told my parents I'm not going to medical school. I decided to pursue my business. And I just decided at some point to use manifestation as basically prove it to myself that it works by using it in my business and helping other people heal through this, through these spiritual principles and, and raise their consciousness so that they can create the life and the world that they want to live in. And ever since then, I just made this decision that I'm only going to be listening to my intuition. So I make every single decision now with my intuition. I run my business with intuition. If something calls to me, even if it makes very little logical sense where you could look at me and be like, Catherine, (laughs) that makes no sense whatsoever. The magic that comes out of listening to your intuition, it's like you have this, you have this connection, you have this bridge to your future self or to your higher self or to God or the universe or whatever you resonate with. You have this like connection, this direct connection and things are coming through that line that if you think about it, if things make sense, it's because it's coming from the 3D physical world. If things are making sense, it's because you're using your present and your past to make sense of it because you can only make sense of something in the 3D world using the 3D world. But if there are things that are coming to you like, hey, you should move to Costa Rica or hey, you should try this or hey, you should invest in this course or hey, you should read this book or hey, you and you're like, why would I do that? You know, like that's a lot of money or that's this or what is my husband going to think or whatever. You have to understand that that's coming from a place in which at some point it will make sense in the 3D, but right now it's not coming from the 3D. It's coming from a different dimension. It's coming from a different universe or whatever. And if you just learn to trust that, and you know, people always ask me like, Catherine, how did you just learn to trust it? You just have to learn from the willingness to fuck it up. Because the first time I listened to my intuition, I thought I was going crazy. I thought I absolutely lost my mind. My intuition told me to break up with my boyfriend of six years, tell my parents I'm not going to medical school and move back to Los Angeles when I was living in Washington. And I remember literally asking for a sign like universe, if, if there's a God out there, or if there's something out there that can communicate with me, I have to see a sign. And that was the first time that I started seeing like triple digit numbers and, 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 you know, signs from the universe, like my map of the world and a white owl and one, one, one and two, two, two and three, three, three. So now I have like this like open communication because I asked for it, but I also had to be willing to fail through those three decisions and only through that willingness to fuck it up, knowing that you can't fuck it up because once you try it, even if things get chaotic at first, or even if you feel like you made a mistake, the universe will come and pick you up because you will get rewarded for listening to your intuition, for being brave, for following your dreams, Mm -hmm. and also understanding that there will never be something placed on your heart that you do not have the, at least 
maybe not the resources right now, but at least the resourcefulness to figure it out, at least the resourcefulness to attract it. You have everything in your heart to already manifest whatever it is that you want. You have that resourcefulness. As long as you follow your intuition, like I just, I mean, life is already made up as it is. Life is already a game as it is. There's no mistake that could ever take you off your path. But I, my part of my messaging now and part of my mission is just to is just to encourage people to be brave and to listen. Um, because what's on the other side of that? Like, what is the opposite of that? Like following into someone else's footsteps, following into the footsteps of society, which if you think about it, everything, every rule that exists out there that comes from society, somebody made it up in the first place. So it's either you're making up your life as you go along or someone else is making it up for you. But both scenarios are made up. Hey guys, just want to take a little pause and let you know about something really exciting. If you are into manifestation, then you are going to love our free manifestation quiz. So it's in the show notes. It's all about what type of manifester you are. It's going to help you understand what is blocking you right now from manifesting your dreams, whether it is being too yin or too yang, whether you are on a solo adventure, whether you'll find yourselves at a crossroads. You know, there could be all these different things going on in your life that is currently stopping you from getting really what you want. So this quiz goes super deep. We've had so many people say it's been so, so accurate for them and the advice has really, really helped them. So go and check it out in the show notes. It's totally free. And if you enjoyed the quiz, come and slide into my DMs and let me know if your results were accurate. I would absolutely love to hear from you. All right, back to the show. Mm, Oh, I love that. Love that. And I think you just, you don't ever regret like following your heart, like following your intuition, like you, you're building a relationship with that voice every time you trust it, every time you lean into it. And I'm the same, like any decisions that I have to make around my business, my life, like it all comes from my body. It comes from this intuitive knowing. And, you know, I've had situations where I have felt this like intuitive knowing, and then I've, um, I've, I've acted on it and I've been called crazy you know, and then what do you know? I wasn't crazy. (laughs) What do you know? It was true. Right. And so you have those experiences. And I think we've all had those experiences and especially like women, like female intuition, I really believe is like a fucking magical superpower. Um, And so we have these experiences where we get called crazy and then we realize, oh my God, I should have listened to my intuition. And Mm -hmm. so I think when you've experienced that, you're just like, you recognize how important and how powerful it is. And I think in my experience, every time you listen to it, you're strengthening it. You're like, you're, you're strengthening that muscle um, so that you can, you know, like I'm, I'm in the middle of hiring a new person right now. And I just like, I just, I've had hundreds of applications and I just knew who it was like the second that they came into my inbox. I was just like, oh yeah, yeah. it's, it's that person. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if they're not the most, um, the most qualified, the biggest experience, the big, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's not about the ticking the boxes. Like, does this feel like a yes? It's a yes. Okay. Well, I'm just going to honor that. Yes. Yes. And that's how I try to live my life. 
they're going to fit in the puzzle piece without you even knowing what puzzle piece it is. Like you don't even know what you're meant to learn from this person or how they're going to fit into your organization until you do. And I'm so glad you brought up like the concept of strengthening your intuition. And because, um, you know, I'm at a place now where it's like impossible for me to not listen to my intuition because I actually feel I've, um, have you ever worked with like a pendulum? Mm-hmm. You know how they work, right? So like, it's basically depending on how you, be- what you believe in from the scientific perspective, it is micro movements produced by your subconscious mind and accessing your like inner knowing from your subconscious mind to give you like a yes or a no. And if you have the more spiritual belief, then it's like your guides are moving it, right? So depending on the way that you look at it. And I remember not too long ago, I was, um, I bought another pendulum cause I haven't used one a really long time. And that was one of the ways that I initially started strengthening my intuition is paying attention to how the pendulum is swinging, but also how I feel in my body and connecting that because a lot of intuition comes from the body. Because once you let your mind kick in, that's not, that's not your higher self anymore. That's your mind. That's your ego uh, that you can overthink things. That's where your logic comes in of like, do I want to do this? Or is this stupid? And anytime you give yourself too much time to think about something, you're no longer in your intuition. That's just pure thought and logic and thinking, right? And um, I started connecting like, okay, when the pendulum swings, yes, how do I feel? Like, where do I feel it? And I learned, and it's magical how this happens. I've turned my body into a pendulum now where I literally feel pressure building right in my solar plexus when it's a yes. And then when it's a no, it's a tightening of the throat. And so now if I'm ever not sure, like if things aren't just coming to me like this, all I got to do is say a yes or no statement, like doing this is for my highest good, or I need to invest in XYZ program, or I need to go to this country or whatever. I just feel for where I feel it. And so now it's like, if it's in my solar plexus, it's a yes. If it's in my throat, then it's a no. And, but that took me time to develop. And that took a lot of strengthening and that took a lot of listening. And I love how you brought up, you know, um, you'll never regret listening to your heart. I find that more people regret not listening to their intuition than actually listening to it. So I love that you brought that up. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, it it all comes back to like what I teach is like really connect with your body and have that relationship with your body. And for me, like, I think that's so beautiful how you have like, you feel it in your solar plexus for a yes and you feel it in your throat for or no for me it's like I can I try on a question and I feel whether I expand or contract mm-hmm. and I can tell from my body and how my body responds things like you know being asked to speak at a certain event or summit or like I can I feel in my body immediately whether it's an expansion or whether it's a contraction obviously when we're in alignment what I'm trying to get at is when we're in alignment and we're in this expansion and this excitement things are going to fall into place for us. Things are going to manifest. Yeah. Can, can we manifest from a space of not being in alignment, like from not being on our path, from feeling that contraction? Can things still manifest in our life that we want? Um, I immediately would say no, or at least it'll be very hard or it'll be chaotic. Mm. Um, I think that we can trick our minds. We can trick our, um, our bodies, but we can never trick our souls. Like we can never, like energy just doesn't lie, right? So even when you are out of alignment or out of integrity or telling yourself one thing when you really want this other thing, the energy just, it's it's not going to 
get picked up in the way that you want it by the universe because your frequency, you cannot change that frequency unless you're in full alignment with it. Right. So, um, I have an example for you actually. So my, again, my whole life, you know, I thought I was going to become a doctor. So in college, I would having knowledge of manifestation, I would try to use it for my grades, right? Because I knew I had to get good grades to go to medical school. Um, I would use it. I would just visualize myself getting like, okay, what score do I need on this test in order to get this grade? Okay, perfect. So I would like use my manifestation practices. And just to give you guys contrast and polarity, I'll give two examples from the same time frame in my life. Okay. So the first one is like manifesting good grades, right? No matter how much I put my intention into it, my soul could give two Fs about medical school, right? My heart could give two fucks. And so no matter what I would do, even when I was doing it all right, Mm -hmm. my heart was out of alignment with it. And so the energy, what it would pick up is like, oh, Catherine doesn't want to go to medical school. So we're just going to mess everything up when it relates to medical school. And what I mean by mess it up is literally... Mel, I would go to um, the bus station because I used to commute an hour and a half a day to school because I wanted to save money, live with my parents. They lived um, pretty close to, very close to my high school, pretty close to the community college before I transferred to university um, because I was initially thinking I was going to move to LA, but then I didn't apply to the school next to my parents' house. Long story short, I missed out. So I had to go to community college so I could transfer. And they lived pretty close to that. But then the university, once I transferred, I was like, you know what? I'm still enjoying saving money, not having to pay rent or anything like that. So I'm going to continue living with my parents. And so I took a bus so that I would save on gas too. Because at this time in my life, I still do, but this is when the bug really hit me. I love travel. I wanted to travel every single school break. I would dream about travel. I would go on um, Expedia during my like breaks in between studying, and I would create these dream itineraries. I'm like, this is the hotel I'm going to stay in. This is the flight I'm going to go on. These are all the activities I'm going to go on. I love travel. And so um, anyway, so I would take the bus, and the bus wouldn't come. And I'm like, what the frick? And then the day of my test, um, there would be a car accident on the freeway causing traffic to where I would miss the test, like literally fail the test because I missed it because I would come to the class. The class is only 60 minutes long, but I would be like 35 minutes late. And the teacher or the professor would be like, no, you can't take the test. It's too late. And I remember being like, what is going on? Like I'm visualizing, I'm doing all these things. And you know, my heart wasn't in it. Mm. Vice versa. I love travel. Oh my God, put me on any airplane, take me anywhere. I love to travel. <laughs> I, uh, like you, you could totally relate. Like take me to Bali, yeah. take me to Dubai, take me to Costa Rica. So at the same time, my heart, very in alignment with this desire, I would manifest the craziest travel deals. I mean, I would, my, I remember my ex and I, we traveled to like 12 different countries throughout college, like on no money. Like I worked at the movie theater. This is before I started my business, my first online business. I worked at the movie theater. So did he, we made like what, I don't know, a hundred dollars USD a week, like not very much money to go traveling the world on. And yet somehow we would find the, we would find like the cheapest flights, the cheapest, um, 
uh, uh, hotel rooms. We would win trips. Mm -hmm. Um, Crazy stuff would happen. It would just go all in alignment. And I remember my ex's best friend recommended this travel agent and said, hey, maybe you're going to get better deals through this travel agent. So we went to this travel agent. They gave me this package for this trip that we wanted to go on. And the, the deal that they gave us was like three times what I found myself online. And even the travel agent themselves was like, how are you finding these prices? Like, where are you finding them? What are you talking about? And I literally would screenshot to them like, no, I found this flight for like X amount of dollars when you're finding it for like 2000. Like, I don't know where you're finding your deals, but these are my deals. And they would just be floored. They're like, how are you doing this? And so through that true intention, that true desire in my heart, I was able to manifest world travel while having no money, while being a student, good grades, out of alignment, not my heart (laughs) desire. Hell no. I couldn't do it for that. Even though I tried to trick myself into believing that that's what I wanted. Mm, Such a good example. And yeah, such a good example of how you just can't trick your heart. You can't trick your soul. No, Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear more about like, before we jumped on this call, you were sharing with me about how you manifested your new apartment and the signs that you had after our ayahuasca journeys together. Can you share more about that with all of our listeners? Yes, absolutely. So I am the type of person and I like to think everyone is this way, but I'm not sure. I'm not going to speak for everyone, but environment is everything to me. And I learned from the practice of feng shui because I got really into it in the last six months and I've tried to set up my apartment as much as possible to feng shui. And it's funny because the current apartment I live in, it's facing like right now I'm facing my success direction as I'm talking to you. The front door faces another great direction. My bed is facing the best direction for health. Like everything is just mapped out and lined up. Mm -hmm. And I learned from the practice of feng shui that your environment is like a second aura and your aura really... um, Um, interacts with your environment. And if there's stuff in your environment that isn't speaking to you, isn't fulfilling you, that feels energetically off, you could be doing all the right things. You could be eating all the healthy food. You could be doing all the visualizing and all the stuff and just something will still feel off. And the first thing that I get from people is panic. Like, oh my God, Catherine, I live with my parents or I'm in this home and we can't move out or I'm stuck in this lease. Does this mean I can't manifest? No, because I've been able to get to where I am today, even not following that practice. But what I recommend is creating an environment, even with the smallest corner of your home. Like if you just create a hub in your, or a corner in some area in your home, or even if you're doing it in your car, I remember used, I used to use my car as my like environment space where I would meditate and I make it smell good and like do all these fun things to make myself feel good because I used to live on my grandma's couch and that's her living room and no, I couldn't make it my own space and I just had to deal with that. So I figured it out and you will all figure it out too. But I found myself in this place in my life where I could afford to live, you know, in any apartment that I wanted. And um, initially, Brennan and I, my husband and I moved into this place that felt incredibly expansive. And when I move into an expansive environment, I start manifesting like crazy. Everything, Mm. like I feel at peace. I feel um, super in alignment, things just flow. I'm able to focus. I'm able to be my most productive self. I'm also able to flow, like things just work out. And so 
I've known about the power of this since I moved into my first, very first apartment after my grandma's couch. And that's when my business started taking off. And so when we felt like we outgrew that space, we moved into this bigger space. And something weird happened with that space where at first it started feeling really good. But then for some reason, we couldn't for the life of us unpack our stuff for the life of us. Like there would always be something in boxes. There would always be something like that we couldn't get rid of for some reason. Like things just weren't, weren't really working. And I couldn't figure out why for the longest time. Eventually I learned about feng shui, a little more about feng shui. And I realized that it was facing all my unluckiest directions. It was facing like a direction that apparently blocks me in business that makes me not feel my healthiest. And like, just the, the front door was facing the wrong direction. It was facing right into an elevator, which is apparently not good. And the, the building itself wasn't facing, it was just like a mess, but it wasn't until my ayahuasca ceremony that I was in ceremony. And I remember getting a flash of a vision of my building and ayahuasca said, Hey, Catherine, let's talk about your home, your current space. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. Right. She's very like witty and sassy with me. Um, by the way, that's like the energy I got from her. That's how she communicated with me. And she's like, okay. And she really loved to like quiz me and ask me questions and like coach me through things and teach me things. So she'd be like, why do you think you never truly unpacked in this apartment, um, this condo? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, like you tell me, you tell me girl. And, uh, she's like, because you outgrew this space within a month. So it was very expensive for you at first, but then you outgrew it within a month. And all of the residents have like a very low frequency, like very, they're just, they're very stuck in anger. They're very stuck in resentment. They're like an older group of people who, um, she was explaining to me how they never got to live their life purpose. And so now they're just like taking it out on everyone around them. And I remember seeing some instances, some very unfortunate instances where all of our doormen and valet men, cause it's like a full service building, love them to pieces. They were like our family. They loved me and my husband. We treated them like angels because they treated us like angels. Like it was just such a great relationship. But I noticed that the other residents were not treating them very kindly. In fact, some were being um, straight up racist to them. And it was just horrible. Like the things that I would see and hear are just horrible. And ayahuasca showed me that there's like these clouds of energy above our floor because we're on the ninth floor and clouds of energy on um, the, the floors below us. And she showed how I did a pretty good job of clearing my floor with doing, you know, just being, being in my best energy, being my best self, doing my clearing practices, clearing the energy. And then she showed the doorman and how like internally sick they were were from this, um, energetic discord and just how a lot they've been just like picking up so much of the residents energy and there's cords attached to them. And she showed me like this mess and she's like, you need to move out of here. Otherwise you're going to remain stuck and remain blocked. And I remember talking to you and having conversations with you before doing ayahuasca, where I said, I feel like I'm on this, like, I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I don't know what my next step is. Like, I really, that's what I'm here for is to figure that out. So I really had that feeling. And then she like transitioned all of a sudden, it's like, um, it's like, uh, she cleared the frame. And then we went into this other vision where she started showing me this place 
And she said, Catherine, you need to move in here. And I'm like looking around, right? I'm like walking through and she's showing me this very specific view that it has, how it has floor to ceiling windows. It's very high up. She said, you are one of Los Angeles's angels. So you're meant to live in LA and you need to face downtown LA so you could pray over LA every single day. I was like, okay. And she's like giving me this list of like qualifications. And I immediately go, um, how much does this cost? First of all, I remember asking her, I'm like, um, how, what is this? Is this a house? Is this a, and she's like, Catherine, why are you worried about the cost? Like, I am here to tell you that just by moving into this place, because it's so expansive, like you, and specifically she went, Catherine, you always preach about money manifestation. You always preach to people about how they can create and manifest whatever they want. You need to trust the process. Don't even ask about the cost. Don't worry about it. Just move in and you will see your life explode. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So (laughs) after that vision, I remember calling or texting my husband from the ceremony and going, cause our lease expired and, um, the new, like we were, we were going to re re-sign for the same place. And I remember texting him, texting him, I'm like, Brennan, do not sign the lease. Like, do not put my name on that lease. I cannot be attached to that place. I'll explain to you when I get home. So of course, um, my husband is very open and very supportive to all of this energy stuff that I do, the spiritual work that I do, the inner work that I do. But he's always like ten, like five or 10 steps behind me where I kind of have to catch him up and show him. And I'm, I'm kind of like paving the way and being this trailblazer for the two of us. And so of course I had to come home and explain it to him. And he's like, oh my God, you're crazy. You know, like, <laughs> I'm gonna do this. what is it? And um, I initially thought it was a house. And so I remember we went house hunting and nothing was speaking to me and none of the listings made sense. Nothing met the qualifications. Um, I saw a psychic uh, shortly after Rhythmia and she told me, she's like, you're moving. And I'm like, oh my God, she like knows what I, she knows what ayahuasca showed me. And I'm like, okay, can you like give me the timeline because I'm not finding what I want in the market. And she's like, oh, it's just going to fall into your lap one day. Like when you least expect it, it's coming soon. I'm like, okay. So I'm just trusting. I'm surrendering. I am looking and doing my part, but I'm also letting it come to me. And I knew that if it's meant to come, I will get a notification on my phone from Zillow or I'll get an email or someone will say something like something. I just trusted that the process would line up as long as I just take the next step going to come. And my husband and I, we lived by this building about half a mile away from our old building. And he always wanted to check it out. And I kept telling him, I'm like, no, we can't check it out because it's a house. It's a house. It's a house. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, can we just please check it out? Because we've been looking at everywhere you want to live, but like, can I, can I get like a a say in it? And I'm like, okay, fine. Yes. We're married. We're a partnership. (laughs) Yes. I understand. Like you get, you totally got a say. So we walk into this building. Um, I would say it was about like a week or two after doing Aya. So um, we walk into this building and part of what my ceremony showed me on the second day was I had this whole like near, well, 
basically died. If anyone's never done ayahuasca, you're probably confused, but like in ayahuasca, you have these things called ego deaths and they actually feel like you're having a real death, but you're not. You're just like, you're going through these, this rebirth. It's a very beautiful process. You have to surrender to it. And it really takes you away from this fear of death. That's the beautiful part about it. Cause when you come back to life, yeah. you have more of an appreciation for life. Also not also knowing that there's nothing to fear on the other side either. So, um, yeah. So we walk into this building and the person who's going to show us the units, she accidentally takes us to like the wrong floor. Like she, we were, Brendan was talking about something, distracted her. She pushed a button and she's like, Oh crap. Like we're supposed to come to this floor last. Um, and it was like one of the amenity floors and she's like, you know what? We're already here. Let me show you these amenities. And as soon as the elevator doors open, we walk out and she, and, um, you know how there's like a, usually like a section right out the, right out of the, um, elevator where there's like a little lobby and there's like some couches and on the dresser over here, I see a white owl figurine. And I just hear this voice in my head, go pay attention. And I'm like, Oh my God, wait a second. I'm really confused right now because I thought it was supposed to be a house, but we're in a building. Like what's going on right now? Long story short, she shows us this unit, the unit that we're currently in, and I just couldn't help like how much of a full body F yes I felt. Oh I was like, Brendan, we have to live here. And I remember asking for the price and the price was like ridiculous. Like, I mean, I've never heard of such prices for a place in LA and I live in LA where the rent is already super high. And I remember being like, okay. And, um, the next time we came back, there was another guy who showed us the unit again because I wanted to make sure and I wanted to take a closer look. And it was really weird what was happening with this guy because he started walking around the unit and he said, you don't understand. You guys have to live here. And we're like, what? And he's like, I don't know what it is, but I just see you guys living here. Like there's something about this unit and something about you guys and you guys have to live here. And then he started talking about the power of manifestation and how we're going to manifest it and like, all of these synchronicities just start happening. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, what is going on? And then, you know, COVID hit, quarantine hit, all these things happened where Brennan and I kind of like felt stuck in our old place. And the more that quarantine, you know, like quarantine for all of us was like an ayahuasca ceremony where we just had to sit in our own shit and we just had to process and we just had to feel and we just had yeah. to and really figure out what is it that we want in life and what is it that we don't want and what is worth coming back to once, you know, borders open and things open up and, and, you know, any changes that we want to make in our life. Like, I feel like everyone had like a, a little crisis during that time. And part of my thing was every single day that would pass, I would get more and more constricted and more and more constricted and more depressed as the days go by and I could just feel myself like wanting to burst and feeling like I'm meant to be somewhere else. And I'm meant to be in a different environment and meant to be in a more inspiring place that supports the version of me of where I'm going. Right. Like I always believe that you should be in the environment of like where you're going rather than where you currently are or even yes. a past version of yourself. And so I couldn't help it. And one day I just snapped and I said, Brennan, we're moving in the middle of quarantine. I don't care. I don't care how we're going to do this. I'm going to buy everything online. I don't even care if I try the couch or not, try the mattress or not. We'll figure it out. We'll buy a bunch of furniture. And then if we don't mm -hmm. like it, 
we can replace it when the stores open up. And I told him to go call the building, negotiate a better price. He ended up negotiating like a deal that they've never given. And they actually said like, can you please never tell anyone how much you're actually paying for your unit? Like don't tell anyone in the building because it's such a great deal. And just Mel, everything started aligning. The moment I said, wow. not another second, not another day. I cannot handle this. I feel like I'm going to freaking explode. My standards are not this. My standards are so much higher. I made that decision. We decided to make it happen at all costs, basically. And here we are. And we moved in about a month and a half ago. And I can't tell you what it did for my business, what it did for my inspiration, what it did for my energy. I just feel like a completely different person. And I feel like I have tapped into a frequency that I've never felt before. And also being on the 22nd floor, it's already like you're high up in the sky. So there's like a different frequency up here, but it's just been, yeah, that's just how I've been like living my life for the past few years is just following my intuition and, and choosing these crazy dreams and just following them because why not? Right. So anyway, wow. that's my story. <laughs> I love it. It's so inspiring. So inspiring to hear that. And I think it just really shows people like just a, a hugely powerful example of how we can, when we pay attention, when we notice the signs, when we have that vision that we can create and have these huge jumps. And I think for a lot of people, they would have heard that price that was out of their range and been like immediately, no, like shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. And then all of the thoughts about why they can't and why they shouldn't and why they're not allowed. But the, your mindset and your belief system says, how can we make this happen? Because it has to happen. It's for us. It's meant to be. So let's, let's be solution oriented and about it. And I feel the exact same about environment. I mean, it's different. It's different for us because I, but same, but different because when I am in a city, I feel like I can only really operate at like a five or a six out of 10 in terms of like Mm -hmm. who I really am. But as soon as I get space and nature, and I feel like I can feel sunshine and the moonlight and I, I can look out and see green. I, then I can function at a 10, you know, then I feel like that's me, that's me in alignment. That's me. I can show up for myself. I can show up for my business. I can show up for my people. I can show up for the world in my highest, um, in my highest state, in my highest alignment. So different, obviously we're, we're different in in where we want to live, but the same in the environment is so, so essential. And it's such a big part. And I think People forget how important it is and they're trying to manifest, but they look around themselves and where they're at, where they're like, where they're currently living. It's like you said, like the feng shui is all off. They're surrounded in by mess. They're not taking care of their place. They don't have that sacred place that they can go to. It's chaotic, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we don't realize how much of a huge part environment plays on, yeah. on our reality. Yes. And I wanted to speak on what you just mentioned, because it all has to do with our energetic signatures. All of us have, you know, like there's this, um, there's this weird thing I used to hear about the law of attraction manifestation when I first started learning it and teaching it, which is like, well, like if everybody, you know, wants the same thing, there's not enough for everyone to want the same exact thing. And the thing is, is that none of us want the exact same thing. 
Mm-hmm. All of us are drawn to different things for a very particular reason that because there is space there are resources enough for everyone to have what we want. And just like you want to live in a jungle with all this space and I thrive more. I actually, I go to jungles and I go to those places to relax and to let go. And then um, when I want to be productive and more in like my, almost I would say this is how I balance like my feminine energy and my masculine energy where like masculine is like, okay, what, what do I have to do today? Here's what I'm going to kick ass at. And then I love, and that's how I structured my business too, is flowing between masculine and feminine where I have my launches. And then I have two to three months of like not doing anything. And that's yeah. when I get to travel and, and, and be and whatever. And that's just how my energy operates. For some people, they cannot be productive. They can't even think, they can't even hear themselves think in a city and they need to be in a rural area or a jungle or somewhere in nature. And that's the beauty behind that is that I think a lot of people look at certain, um, teachers or influencers and they think that that is the version of success for everybody, but Mm -hmm. it's not like some people want to just live in a cottage in the middle of nowhere, America. And that to them is their dream life. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I always tell people, your dream life is going to look completely different from anyone else. Do not look at the influencers. Do not look at people on Instagram. Like look at whoever speaks to you in terms of your vibrational inspiration. Like if you want to live like the, the jungle life, follow some people who are already doing it and learn from them and be in their energy and let, let them be your environment to help you get there. Cause people are also your environment and that's something else. Mm, like yes. are your environment courses are your environment. There's environment yeah, goes beyond yeah. like where you live, but, um, just to be mindful that like, it's not just the, the, the cookie cutter, like, mansion Lamborghini vision that we're talking about here. It's not your cookie cutter, like penthouse in the city that we're talking about here. It can be anything and anything is your dream is placed in your heart because that's part of your purpose. It's part of where you're meant to be. That's part of you operating at your best. And you have to follow that. You can't look at your friend and see, oh, well, my friend thrives in the city. So I must thrive in the city. No, we're all different for a reason. Completely. Completely. Oh, this conversation has been so nourishing and magical. I'm so, so excited to to share this with everyone. Catherine, like, what are you currently really excited about in your life that you want to share with us? Any programs that you're working on that you're going to be releasing soon? How can people work with you? Yeah. um, Okay. So uh, when you said excited, I'm like, I'm excited about everything, Mel. Like, (laughs) so excited (laughs) about life. Like, life is exciting. Um, I am actually going into a launch in the end of August. So depending on when this airs, I'll be launching something called Rich Babe Academy. And that is my six-week, like, intensive, everything you could possibly need to know about rewiring your wealth consciousness um, so that you can bring in all of the abundance and the money that you desire, not let anything hold you back anymore. Um, reframe your entire relationship with money. Cause like, as you mentioned before, you know, having a relationship with the universe, a lot of that also has to do with having a relationship with money and people sometimes forget and they put their relationship with money on the back burner and they see money as this like 
thing that's like uh, they create a love hate relationship with it and they see it as this tangible thing when money is just an energy and this energy you can make work for you rather than against you so I'm very passionate about talking about money and teaching about money so that's the the rich babe academy um and yeah that's that's the the nice thing well we will definitely link that up in the show notes and um that sounds amazing and I love all your work on money mindset it is so so needed because it is it's totally the thing that that I think creates a block for people around manifestation Mm -hmm. so there are three questions that I love to ask all of my guests on love sex and magic so because of the title love sex and magic (laughs) one thing right now that you are loving Oh, one thing right now that I am loving is Sedona, Arizona. It's a very special place. I went there for the first time two weeks ago. And if you guys have ever, never been, you should go. And if you've ever been, you probably know what I'm talking about. But there's just something about being in that vortex. I would really describe it as what you feel when you're in nature and in space and like, and you know, the jungle. So that's, that's what I'm loving right now. Mm. Love that. Never been, but it's definitely on my list. And something that turns you on. Something that turns me on. The smell of rose. Oh, really turns me on. It's like such a. Anytime I I have rose um oil in like a bottle, like a spray bottle. Every time I spray it on myself, it's like the wild feminine just awakens. It's like I can just call on her. Yes. Oh, love that answer. And when was the last time you experienced pure magic? Mm. I mean, I guess you experience it all the time. I want to say all the time. I want to say also that the most significant magical moment that I've had recently was probably my combo ceremony because it was like, you, you have no other option but to surrender. And when you surrender, that's where the magic happens. So anytime you have an experience where you just let go and just let the miracles take over and and be supported by the universe and be supported by a something out there that's greater than you, like you're guaranteed magic, you're guaranteed miracles. So beautiful. Sounds amazing. Great. Well, we are going to head over into the Goddess Collective to answer some of our members' questions for you. But where can everyone else come and hang out with you and find you? Yeah. So right now and probably for the last year, I've really been loving my Instagram. So I would say go to head over to my Instagram. We can hang out there at, at Manifestation Babe. Um, and then also I have like my hub of everything you could possibly find on me at ManifestationBabe.com as well beautiful and yeah I love following you on Instagram I love how active you are and just the energy of how you show up on there I'm just Mm. I love it so thank you uh, yeah we'll put all of that in the show notes as well and yeah guys come and hang out come and drop drop Catherine a DM like set tell her that you found her through this episode and you know I'm sure she would love to hear from you Yes, I would. Please do. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much. This has been magical. Thank you so much. And yeah, let's head over to the Goddess Collective. Oh, I hope you absolutely loved that episode. I hope it has inspired you to dream bigger and to create that vision for your future. As always, if you want to join us and go deeper with Catherine, where we have just spent the last 20 
20 minutes, 25 minutes, talking to all of our members inside the Goddess Collective, answering their questions on manifestation. Come and join us inside the community. We have an incredible group of women chasing their dreams on this soul mission in life. We have workshops in there, we have workbooks, coaching calls with me, and of course, extra bonus content from all of the podcast guests. So until next time, hit subscribe, share this episode if you loved it, connect with me online and yeah, I'll see you for another episode next week.